Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to the book of Matthew today. And I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Matthew chapter 16. Let me say while you're uh, getting your Bible, because I know some like to get their Bible while we're um, doing the podcast. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. I hear from different ones, uh, and it just means a lot. I don't waste a lot of time on the podcast. I understand time uh, is valuable, and so I don't do a long podcast. It's just a little shot in the arm every day, just a little 10 to 15 minutes that we we just give a, a thought from the Word of God, and, and uh, but I appreciate you listening. So I get right into the text. So most days I'll just say, "Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast, brother Jeremy here." Turn to the Book of Matthew, and so that's how we roll. But I'm I just wanted to stay, take a second to say thank you for listening. Matthew sixteen verse eighteen. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We started on the last podcast talking about the church, the importance of the church, the importance of the church. And I want to look in this passage and give you three thoughts, and I may get finished on this one today. If not, we'll conclude on the next podcast. But there's three truths, simple truths right out of this passage of why we know that the church is going to prevail. And we need to stay with the church. But the first reason is this, behold, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The first reason why the church is going to prevail is because of the cornerstone of the church, the cornerstone of the church. There's been a great uh, controversy about this verse for, uh, for centuries you know, the Catholic Church says this church was that the church was built on Peter, that they, Simon Peter was the first pope. And by their own traditions, Simon Peter couldn't have been the first pope because he had a mother-in-law. According to Mark chapter 1, he was married. But not only that, Peter was unsteady. He was unstable. At times, he was ungodly. And it's clear that Jesus is just using a play on words. Jesus would do that. Jesus was amazing uh, in his speaking and in his teaching. Now, because the word Peter is the word Petros, which means a pebble or a small stone, and the word rock, Petra, a huge boulder. So Jesus was clearly saying that his church was to be built upon himself. He built it upon himself. And uh, a correspondent verse that you could uh, cross-reference is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. We're talking about the children of Israel. The Bible says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink when Moses had smitten the rock? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. He's the rock of ages. He's the rock. Another verse is uh, 1 Corinthians 3.11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the rock I'm standing on. He's the rock of ages, the cleft for me. And so the, the, the cornerstone of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it will prevail. 
The church will prevail because of its foundation. He's the rock. On the solid rock we stand. I love the hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus' Blood and Righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But do you know what our churches are being built upon today? All other ground. All other ground. All other ground. And the Bible tells us Jesus is the cornerstone. The church has got to be built upon Jesus. Ordain a church. It's a social club. It's a social hall. Everything in our church should point to the Lord Jesus. It's not about the preacher, and I believe God uses preachers. We have uh, Hero of the Faith Night at our church uh, one Sunday night a month. I take that Sunday night, and I go back and research different uh, folks in our church's history, not thanks to Calvary, but the church's history, and uh, we we talk about them, and, and I show them pictures and talk about when they got saved and talk about what all they did in their ministry. Well, this past Sunday, here at Thanks to Calvary, we had the Hero of the Faith Night, and it was Dr. Lee Robertson, pastor of the Highland Park Baptist Church over in Chattanooga. What a man of God. And uh, we talked about how um, God used him mightily, one of the largest Baptist churches in the world, while Dr. Robertson was pastoring there. And, uh, I mean, over 10,000 in membership, souls saved, 45 bus routes, 350 missionaries that they supported. And just an amazing thing. Started 50 other branch churches during his ministry. And unbelievable. Unbelievable the, the ministry that, that, that God did through Dr. Lee Robertson. And, you know, me and Brother Barker, my father-in-law, Brother Alan Barker, were talking about how God blesses a man. I think about... Other churches in, in, in that I've seen where God blessed a man. And there's no doubt about that. God blesses preachers and God uses preachers. But the church cornerstone is not the pastor. It's not the deacons. <laughs> Hello. It's not the deacons. A lot of churches put too much emphasis on the deacon board. In fact, it's a deacon-run church. The Bible's clear that the pastor is not a dictator, but he is the leader. He is the overseer. He is the one that is to take the oversight. God uses him. God, God uh, gives him the wisdom to lead the church by the word of God, by the word of God. Now, if he's leading it of his own opinions, leading it of his own knowledge, then you've got a problem. But by the word of God, God has given the pastor the authority of the word of God, not the authority of his experience, not the authority of his knowledge, personal knowledge, not the authority, you know, that, that he thinks he had the authority of the word of God. God gave the pastor that authority of the word of God. I've said it. God did not give the pastor to be the boss. He just put the pastor there to make sure you're not the boss. I say, let God be the boss because it's his church. It's his church. And, you know, we're talking about a lot of churches think that it's built upon the deacon board. And, you know, well, I was here when this preacher got here and I'll be here when he's gone. That's not the mentality that builds a church. It's not the deacons. It's not the preacher. It's not some influential member 
I tell you what, we can't make brother so-and-so mad because if we make him mad, you know, he'll take his time and tithes and talents and he'll go up the road. Listen, God's not building a church through, um, you know, uncle money bags. And uh, a lot of folks have got that mentality. We can't lose that family. We can't lose them, man. They do so much. The church is not built upon one family. The church is not built upon one man and his bank account. It's not built on that. It's built on Christ. He is the cornerstone of the church. And then not only do you see the cornerstone of the church, you see the contractor of the church. He said, I will build. I will build. It's the Lord who's the contractor, not a preacher, not the member, not the singers, not the Sunday school teacher, not the bus worker. It's the Lord. He is the contractor. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 5 says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible that gets me to sleep some days <laughs> is Psalm number 127, verse number 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And that word vain means useless. It means you're losing sleep for nothing. Except the Lord build the house. And I tell you today, we need to keep our hands off of the church and let God handle the church. Put the church in God's hands. He, he's pretty good at being God. He's pretty good at being God. I think the Lord can handle it. You know, I've been pastoring for 26 years. And uh, I'll just admit, confess your faults one to another. I'll just confess a fault right here. There's been a lot of times in 26 years where I jumped the gun, where I thought I had to fix something in the church, where I thought I needed to work something out. You know, I, I've learned and I'm still learning to get out of the way. It's not my church. I, I, I know, you know, how we'll ask pastors, we'll ask you, how's your church doing? How's your church doing? Man, is your church doing good? The bottom line is thanks to Calvary is not my church. It's God's church. I'm just here as an under-shepherd, an overseer. I'm just here to bring the Word of God to these people and to love them and shepherd them, you know, and help them when they're down and visit them when they're sick and pray with them when they're discouraged and preach the truth and live the truth. It's not my job as a pastor to fix the church. And listen, layperson, member, it's not your job to fix the church. It's God's job. Get out of the way. Go pray and say, God, your will be done. You know, you may be listening to this right now, and your church may be going through turmoil. There may be division in your church. There may be strife and jealousy and envy in your church. Don't try to fix it. You be what you're supposed to be, and you pray, and you let God lead. Because it's God's church. And if you get to the point where you say, this isn't God's church, the leadership is not letting God lead this church the way he wants it, the membership is not letting God lead the church, the way, then get out and go find you a church where Jesus is preeminent. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Oh, I'd say it. I'd rather, I'd rather leave a church than sit and dry up and die spiritually. Oh, yes. Well, my grandpa's buried in the 
in the cemetery. Well, dig grandpa up and take him with you. But don't you sit there and keep your children under a preacher with no power, no unction, no desire to follow God. Don't stay at a place where it's just division and strife. Now, I'm not telling folks to leave a church. There's times you have to just stay and stick through the storm because you know that 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 deep down uh, folks want God to do. And no church is exempt from trouble. But if it's been a continual, traditional division and stirring of strife, man, I'd find my children a place where God was at where Jesus was preeminent. And we need to take our hands off of the church. It's God's church. And that that gives me rest at night. That gives me rest at night to know that it is God's church and I can trust him to build it. He's the contractor. We're going to say more about that on the next podcast. So I don't want you to miss that. But Jesus is the contractor of the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Don't miss the next Treasures of Truth podcast. We'll go further into that. Now, I want you to do something today. I want you to go out and be salt and light in this earth. It's dirty and it's dark and it needs you filled with the Spirit of God. If you're listening to this in the evening, why don't you plan on purpose? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to go out and make a difference in the world. And until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.